<laughs> your words put away. <laughs> it's uh, covered with a towel at the moment, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good. You're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about Fruits Basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. <laughs> Did you forget your cue? <laughs> I was watching the lump move under the towel. <laughs> 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 That's important. Yeah. <laughs> Today we're discussing chapters eighty and eighty-one. Ooh. I got no, I got no announcements. Yeah, <laughs> we're continuing the sad story where we left off last time. I guess <laughs> this is a slightly less depressing pair of chapters. So. Yeah, it's much less of a bummer. There's more catharsis yeah. this time. Last time we ended on a real down note. <laughs> yeah. I feel, <laughs> but it's okay. There'll be some yeah, resolution you know. this time. People getting pushed out windows. Yeah, no big deal. No big yeah. deal. It's okay. <laughs> Everything's cool. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, <laughs> chapter 80 opens where we left off last time with Toru at Rin's bedside. She checks Rin's forehead, and Rin slowly starts to wake up. She imagines her mother kind of pulling her hand away and smiling softly. She starts to call out to her mom, but then realizes that it's not her mother, but Toru asking how she's doing, and Rin startles upright, abruptly grabbing the bed covers, and Toru tells her to lay back down and goes to get to Tori to let her know that she's awake. Why this girl, Rin thinks. I don't want to get near this girl. Shiguri and Hattori come upstairs and fill us in on the details from while Rin was passed out, so Toru found her after she threw up and fainted in the living room, and after that she turned into a horse, and we see Toru freaking out and Yuki and Shiguri being kind of like concerned about what to do with like horse Rin. <laughs> <laughs> He asks if Rin remembers. Rin doesn't reply, but thinks, I remember. I was seen in a humiliating position, then had a bad dream. Hattori tells her that he's taking her to the hospital. No, I won't go, she shouts, remembering her mother. I hate hospitals. And she tries to climb out the window, but Hattori holds her back. Tori returns with food for Rin, but drops it at the door when she sees what's going on. It's Susan, she shouts. You mustn't. It's dangerous. Rin chills out, and Shigure says, Rin, why don't you let them get you to the point where you can take care of your own body? That's the only way you can get people to once and for all leave you alone. And that way, we wouldn't have to be so bothered by you. What am I doing? Rin thinks, fainting, falling apart, without even finding a way to break the curse. At this rate, the end will never come. Later in the evening, Shigeru and Toru see Hitori off. He says he'll be back tomorrow to take her into the hospital, and Toru wonders what Rin came here to do. And remembers the way that Rin screamed when Toru arrived. She says that it seemed to be that she was in so much pain. The truth is that Rin and I are going out, Shigure says. Oh, really? I shouldn't have pried, Toru says, gripping her apron nervously. And Shigure says that of course he's joking, and Tori tells him not to be an asshole, basically. Tori <laughs> says goodbye to Toru, and Shigure walks him down the stairs away from the house. Tori takes out a cigarette to smoke, and Shigure asks if Akito will be mad for at him for leaving without permission. And Tori says that he still has a few excuses left. Shigure says it's hard to keep Akito in a good mood, but Hitori wants to talk about Shigure. Rin came to see him, right? That's right he says. For some reason, that girl is desperately looking for a way to undo our curse by herself. Hattori looks shocked at this revelation. The cigarette hangs unlit in his mouth. Hattori asks if she's serious, and Shigure says that she is, and suspects that he knows how to do it. That's absurd, Hattori says. Is it really? Shigure asks. He turns back to face Hattori. Hattori, can you hear it? Hear what? Hattori asks. Shigure smiles a guileful smile, and Hattori squints in sort of concerned concentration. What are you doing? A voice interrupts them, and it turns out that Kyokyo has returned home and asks why Hattori is there. Shigure explains that Rin is staying for a bit, and Tori looks away in thought and considers Shigure's words again. Can you hear it? The sound of breaking. 
Inside the house, Yuki visits Rin. He asks if she's going to eat, and she replies, If you call Haro, I won't forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> so grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Yuki sits beside her on the bed and leans over, facing her as um, she stays curled away from him. He told me that he'd take care of this on his own, Yuki says, but I think you should know that in spite of everything, Haru still likes you, Rin. He likes you very much. Yuki leaves and Rin lifts her head and looks at the food left on the table by Toru. She thinks about Toru and remembers Haru talking about her. I think it's because of her that Yuki and Kyo's auras have softened. Is she really that special? Rin asks in the memory. She's a normal girl. If you mean her, you might understand too, Rin. She's kind. You are too, Haru, she thinks. So kind. Too kind. I feel sorry for kind people. That's why I didn't want to meet her. But after I broke up with Haru, the first time I went to Gurini's house, the girl was there. We see Rin in her memory coming up to the house and passing by the living room outside. Inside, she sees Toru folding laundry. Rin looks shocked. She thinks, I felt that burning impulse. In the present, Toru enters the bedroom and she asks how Rin is doing and lets her know that she'll be sleeping downstairs if she needs anything. Stop it, Rin says, resting her head on her palm, looking exasperated. Toru's surprised. You went to ask Kazuma, didn't you? What are you trying to do? Do you look down on us? Do you pity our wretched state? Rin asks. Don't bother. We never ask for your sympathy. Rin gets more agitated. Kind people should just go on living in their kind world. She remembers Hiro asking if Rin blamed him. That's not it, she thinks. This is just the only way I can say it. I hate for kind people to suffer. And she thinks of Haru. I hate for them to get hurt. Rin rests her head on her knees again. Could it be, Toru asks, that you're trying to break the curse too, Izuzu-san? That's none of your business, Rin says. Izuzu-san, Toru almost pleads. Do you know a way to undo the curse? Shut up, she says. I told you, we don't need your help. Toru tries to argue more, and Rin grabs her sweater and pulls her up to the bed, saying, Stop it. No, sorry. <laughs> saying, Stay out of it. Stop interrupting. No, Toru says, perhaps to Rin's surprise. I'm sorry, but no, I won't stay out of it. Stop screwing around, Rin says. No, Toru says. Just as you have things you can't give up, Isuzu-san, so do I. We see Kyo and Yuki in the hall, listening to them as they argue, and Rin says, Shut up. There are things I, I can't give up, Toru says. Shut up, shut up, Rin says. There isn't one. There isn't one anywhere. There isn't a way. No one knows how. At this rate, I'll never be able to release him, Rin thinks, thinking of Haru. Rin starts to cry. I don't know what to do anymore. She suddenly bolts out of the room, down the hall, and she thinks this is why she didn't want to get near Toru. This girl is the kind of person who makes me feel this way. Back then, too. And she remembers the same time of Toru folding laundry, smiling peacefully. I wanted to cry. I wanted to run to her and fall on her lap, to pour my heart out to her like a child who goes crying back to her mother. I want to share with her all the weakness in my overly weak self, and I feel like she would let me, like she would accept me. It's too much. Such a person, I feel sorry for her. Kind of, kind people are clung to. They're sought out and taken advantage of by people like me, and that's why I won't get them involved. I can do it on my own. I'll keep running on my own. I don't have to be understood. I don't care if people hate me if I'm alone. Rin runs to the stairs at the edge of Shigari's property, and Toru finds her there, head in her hands. Toru sits beside Rin and rests her hand on Rin's arm, and Rin pushes it away. Toru tries again, and Rin suddenly turns and holds her, burying her face in Toru's shoulder. She thinks, I promised myself I wouldn't cry, but I'm sorry. I'm going to cling to you. I'm so powerless on my own. I'm so weak. I'm sorry. Yuki, Shigure, and Kyo catch up and see the two of them there. Rin sobs and says, I don't know what to do anymore. I just don't know. I can't do anything on my own, by myself. Toru holds Rin and says, Being by yourself is scary. And she remembers herself as a child looking at a door. Being alone is a frightening way to live. 
Toru says, and she begins to cry herself. Rin squeezes Toru and squeezes her eyes shut, and then they cry together. We see the narration, which I think is Yuki's inner monologue. I can't stand up on my own, by my own power. And Shigari says to Yuki and Kyo, she should have just given up and cried to her a long time ago. What's important is, will you always go crying to her, or... Yuki smiles a soft smile at the pair, and we see the narration, The sunrise I saw that day quietly spreads light over the land, but there was another light that lit up the places that the eye can't see. We close on Rin and Toru together in the soft morning light, Rin still clinging to Toru's sweater at the back, and Toru holding her. <laughs> and that's the end of chapter 80. Side note, Toru's sweater is super cute. It is adorable. <laughs> there was almost a fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't what I expected. I mean... <laughs> Which is also a great sketch. If you have, I think it's in the the collector's edition, but in the, of course, in the old version, it has like notes. So there's a sketch in between these two chapters that says that Haru waited to confess his feelings to Rin until he was taller than her, and it's like him standing, like measuring his height against her. He's like just a little longer. It's really cute. It says that Rin's two years older than Haru. In case anybody was wondering before. Scandalous. <gasps> a true made December relationship. We've seen one in this story, definitely. Yes, <laughs> definitely haven't seen any larger age gaps than that. Two whole years. <laughs> I'm scandalized. <laughs> so much drama. Okay. <laughs> so chapter eighty one opens where just where we left off with Toru and Rin together. Nikki narrates that they stayed like that for a long time, and Tori came to get her in the morning, and Rin left without arguing, though she scowled as if embarrassed the whole time. I realize that we have something in common, Yuki thinks, and he looks over at Toru, who stands beside him, as Toru takes Rin away. They smile at each other. In just one respect, Rin and I are alike. We're looking for the same thing. At school, Haru says that he went to visit Rin, but was told to leave when she started brandishing her IV pole at him. <laughs> because of her breakdowns and ulcer complications, she has to stay in the hospital longer, he says. I'm just relieved that her spirits are up, and Yuki's like, is that what you call it? <laughs> Yuki thinks that he likes Rin so much he can't help himself. I'm sure that this isn't based on logic. Yuki remembers Kagura saying, Once I like him, it's hopeless. Haru says that he'll keep praying, that she stays in the hospital and gets better, and that he'll try to visit her when he can, and tells Yuki that he doesn't need to worry. The bell rings, and there's an announcement over the PA. Yu Yoon, my beloved president Yu Yoon-san, the meeting is about to start, so please hurry to Kimi K. Oh no, my mistake! I meant hurry to the student council room. Kimi made a boo-boo. Sorry, Yoon Yoon, but Kimi will be waiting for you, so please hurry here. <laughs> very nice thank you <laughs> you see in my notes there are like five heart emojis after that so that I remembered I how to say it <laughs> kill the Prince Yuki fangirls think Yuki also panics and is like she she used the PA system don't tell me you just used the PA system Kimi and Haru's like sounds like your new fling's enthusiasm knows no bounds I never knew that that was your type Yu Yu and he's like don't call me Yun Yun and she's not my type Kakeru arrives and finds Yuki as well. I found you, Yun Yun. Harita Kakeru. Oopsie, did I make a boo-boo? Teehee. <laughs> <laughs> From the dark side of the panel, Yuki grimaces angrily and says, I'm seriously pissed. <laughs> and Kakeru, Kakeru complains about trying to find him and that it would be easier if Yuki had a cell phone. And that's why they use the PA. And Yuki wonders why they're even paging him. And he's like, I'll go when it's time to go. And so on and so forth. Haru watches um, and smiles a soft smile. I bid you, please take care of my little Yuki, Haru says. And he's like, what? And Kakuru replies, yes, I promise I'll make your daughter happy. And Yuki's <laughs> like, what are you two saying? I'm going to hit you. Haru shoes them off to their meeting. Um, as they, and as they part, he says, good luck to both of us. Yuki remembers him saying, don't stay lost. This is from chapter 70. I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yuki says and thinks, 
I'll change my way of thinking. On their way to the council room, Kakiru asks about Haru, and Yuki confirms that he's also a relative. There's Union, the commander, that Kyo guy, Kakiru says. Does beauty run in the Soma blood? And Yuki's like, hmm, I wonder, and Kakiru says that he's dead. <laughs> Kakiru texts Kimi to let her know that Yuki's been found. Or if you have the old version, it says Kakiru sends a text message. He's like, I'm sending a text message to Kimi, which I thought was hilarious. I already talked to Kayla about it twice before we recorded this. <laughs> if you have the new version, it says that he's texting Kimi. <laughs> this is a very important distinction in syntax. <laughs> it's like, this is the difference between 2006 and 2016 yeah. or whatever. <laughs> God, they're going to do uh, like the whole cell phone thing in the anime now, since they mostly seem to be modernizing it. I wonder if it's just going to be that... Yuki's so sheltered he never had a cell phone. <laughs> Maybe. It doesn't seem to matter very much. Yeah. Did they add more cell phones in this? I can't remember. Oh, it was like they well, added so- the cell phone camera with the thing. Yeah, the and they've had like right? more modern cell phones and like the more modern TV. So it seems oh, to yeah. be supposed to be in modern times. <laughs> he also rants. I think it's coming up, but he- Kakadu rants about him getting when he gets a phone, it has to have a camera. And it's like, yeah. oh, you're so precious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like they used to make them without cameras. <laughs> Yeah, I know. He has like a flip phone. Does anyone have flip phones? Probably My boss like has a flip phone. Wow. <laughs> he says I work um, with designers, so nobody has a flip phone. Yeah, he says. <laughs> I mean, he just he's kind of he's not super into modern technology anyway. But he says he has the flip mm-hmm. phones because it's more likely to survive getting crushed on horse calls, which is fair <laughs> <That's> enough. <legit. laughs> yeah. <laughs> The vet, the vet life. We have to yeah. be like, look at this fancy technology when we go to meetings. So you know. <laughs> Anyway, what were we saying? <laughs> I had to have a technology rant. Kaku's, yeah, uh, Kaku's texting Kimmy. <laughs> yeah, he is sending a t- SMS. Sending a text message. Sending an electronic mail. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, sending... <laughs> we were also just talking about how we're old two seconds before this podcast started. So <laughs> it's a good time. Kakeru, Kakeru texts Kimmy to let Yuki know that... To let her know that Yuki's been found. And Yuki asks if his... Uh, Oh, this is the bit. It's right now. Yuki asks if his cell yeah. phone is useful, and Kakeru is like, you bet your ass it is, and tells Yuki <laughs> that he should get one. And if he does, to make sure that it has a camera so that Yuki can send him stupid movies. This is how we entertained ourselves in the early 2000s. <laughs> People's shitty cell phone videos. I mean, we still send each other <laughs> stupid videos on our cell phones, so... <laughs> that is... You're right. Now we just use the Snapchat. Yeah, I was gonna say, I just sent you a picture of my bird <laughs> eating, so... <laughs> You're right. What am I saying? <laughs> and I sent a photo of a it's man like with a bird changed. and a rabbit on the subway. <laughs> Nothing's changed about human behavior. It's just how good the pictures look. No. <laughs> it's true. You're right. It's just like HD bird being yeah. weird videos instead. <laughs> oh, it's good times. Okay. <laughs> Yuki. Yuki. So he says that Kakiru says that Yuki should get a cell phone. Yuki laments that he would need to get a parent to sign the contract, and Kakiru asks if he's on bad terms with his parents. Bad terms. Yuki says contemplatively, more like we push each other's all of each other's buttons. We push all of each other's wrong buttons. I guess he says that. I know that. I know exactly how that is. Kakiru says with a look of realization. And Yuki's like, eh. And then Kakiru confirms, yes, pushing the wrong buttons. That's what it is. All right. Mm-hmm. And Yuki's like, what are you agreeing with yourself about? <laughs> Suddenly a book crashes through the student council room window in front of them. I was wondering, um, maybe I should start making a property damage to the school counter instead of property <laughs> damage to Shigeru's house. It's like the third time, but we haven't had any damage to Shigeru's house in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a 
stunned moment passes between Yuki and Kakeru, but suddenly Kakeru beams like Velma at the prospect of a mystery. It's an enemy union! The enemy has appeared before the student defense force at last! Oh crap! No way! Not good! This is a problem! Yuki's like, you seem awfully happy about this. <laughs> you like my Scooby-Doo joke? It, it's, it was good. <laughs> I was like, who would be the most excited about a mystery? I don't actually know. <laughs> Jinkies. Swinks. <laughs> He'd be he's ex- as excited as Xander at the prospect of stabbing a vampire. <laughs> this episode's a mess. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's already going so well. This section, this segment is a mess. I did the serious segment good. It's fine. <laughs> they go, <laughs> they go to figure out who's causing a disturbance in the student council room and find Machi, of course, in the room looking completely freaked out, sweating, eyes wide. Yuki and Kaki were briefly taken aback. Machi, Yuki asks, and he remembers the time that she did this before, over the summer. Aw, oh, man, Kakiru says, the air of concern and confusion about him now dissipated, and he scratches his head. Why do you do these things? Yuki remembers the past time, Kakiru saying, he did it again. Kimi and Nao show up. What? What is this? Nao says, and Kimi is like, a poltergeist? <laughs> I didn't make a joke about that one, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nao continues to complain, and Kakiru, who stands by Machi, asks to take care of it. Nao starts to complain again, and Yuki cuts him off. Okay, I understand, Yuki says. For now, we'll leave it to you. And he leads Nao and Kimi to the council meeting. As they leave, Nao continues to complain, and Yuki says that they'll take care of it later. Nao winches again, and Yuki con- and Yuki turns to him. Serious, eyes almost glowing. I said later, he says. Nao fumes in the background, and Kimi is like, Yuki's being firm, such power. <laughs> the three attend the meeting, but Yuki continues to think about Kakiru and Machi. There's no doubt that Machi made the mess, but Yuki gets the feeling that they shouldn't make a big deal out of it. I think there's some reason for it, he thinks. And it seems like Kakiru knows the circumstances. The two seem close, but not like they are boyfriend and girlfriend. After the meeting, some girls come and ask if Yuki seen the council room, which they cleaned earlier, and Kimi takes the opportunity to tease them, saying, Eh? You call that pretty? It looked more like a typhoon had hit. It was a total disaster. And now starts to talk to Yuki again about how Machi was the one who did it. There have been rumors, apparently, that she's a demon of destruction, as he calls it. She's a strange woman, apparently. Maybe it's her way of relieving stress, Now says but I wish that it wouldn't cause problems for others. Back in the council room, Kakiru is still on cleanup duty. It turns out that Machi went home, and he avoids giving Nao a reason as to why. Now Grumson decides that he's not feeling well and needs to go home too. I'm not pleased, he says, taking <laughs> off. And apparently Kimi ran off as well, leaving Yuki and Kakiru alone to finish cleaning up. So Yuki ties up a stack of papers, and Kakiru smacks them out of his hand, and Yuki, so they fly everywhere, saying, Fly away! And Yuki is like, Ah! <laughs> He wonders what Kakiru did that for, picking up some of the papers, and Kakiru wonders, I don't know, man, why does Machi do these things? She won't talk about anything. When I asked if it was my fault, she went home. Could it be that she's depressed? Yuki asked. Could be, Kakiru says. Yuki asks why, what Machi is to him, and Kakiru answers, my little sister, we're siblings. A look of realization dawns on Yuki's face, and he replies, ah, oh, I see, you're siblings. I get it. And Kakiru's like, you're kind of agreeing with yourself, too, you know? <laughs> He briefly wonders why their surnames are different, um, and Kakiru asks if the Soma family has any inheritance issues. Yuki says no, but then he backtracks and says that he might not, they might be, but he doesn't, wouldn't know about it. Kakiru explains that he and Machi are half-siblings with different mothers. He is the oldest, but illegitimate, and Machi is the younger and a girl. So their mothers became very competitive about who the appropriate heir should be. They were raised very strictly, and at first he obediently went along with their demands, he says, because you know, when you're a kid, parents are everything. One day he started to think it was crazy, and he went on a rampage, stomping on a table and throwing plates, it seems, from the memory that we see, <laughs> and he said that he wouldn't go along with the situation anymore. 
After that, he says, I think my mother came to her senses because she pulled out of the secession debate and I was officially free. It might be that Machi's not free yet. Inside me and with my parents, there's still some tension left. It's like we pushed all the wrong buttons, just like you said, Yuki. Yuki thinks of his mother, and Kakuru stacks some papers on the pile that Yuki's been holding, and says that it's such an old-fashioned idea to begin with anyway. It doesn't matter if the heir is female or male. And to drag young kids into it, our parents really are hopeless. Yuki suddenly throws the papers in the air as well, and Kakuru's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yuki says... <laughs> he says something else. I'm just <laughs> summarizing. <laughs> Yuki says... You still have to live with it, even if they're hopeless, or if you're appalled by them, or angry with them. Children can't switch their parents, just like parents can't switch their children. There's no reset button. So, he says with a relaxed smile, you have to deal with what you got. You're right, Kakiru says, looking at the broken window in the door. Nikki says, but maybe we can go back and learn the right buttons to press. And Kakiru's like, yeah, I'm not sure about going back. I mean, what if I look cool with the wrong buttons pressed? And Yuki's like, what's that supposed to mean? And Kakiru's like, like basically, if I look cool, when I press myself here, uncool. And Yuki's like, Yuki laughs and says he looks like an idiot. And Kakiru's like, oh, that's it. You can laugh it off. You know things are getting better when you can say, oh, well, and laugh. And they continue with their confusing conversation and cleaning and we transition away. Yuki narrates, everyone has pressures in their lives, all kinds of pressures, and we have to learn how to deal with them. Everyone does. Kakiru, Machi, even me. And my parents. Kakiru says, even me? Like, oh yeah, I guess I have some pressures. <laughs> I might have some problems that I might have to deal with. <laughs> oh, Yuki's precious. <laughs> At the Soma house, Yuki's mother hands him a paper. I signed it. That's all you need, right? For the cell phone contract, she says. Yuki says, yeah, and he asks if his father will be home late tonight. Yes, she says, and we're both very busy. Is that all you wanted? Yeah, Yuki says, kind of sighing and folding the paper. I just need a parent signature. Thank you. A worker from the house uh, comes to call her and tells her that it's almost time to leave, and she says, yes, I know. Yuki says, I'll be going too. And as he leaves, his mother calls to him, Yuki, don't use it wastefully. Yuki looks kind of surprised as she walks away. Later, as he climbs out of what looks like the hole that Toru climbed into, like, what the mm -hmm. fuck? <laughs> What's up with that? Anyway, <laughs> he climbs out of the hole that looks like the one that Toru climbed out of instead of going through the main gate and thinks, don't use it wastefully. That might be the first time she said anything like that. Something so motherly, he thinks, chuckling. That's it. You know, things are getting better when you can say it. Oh, well, and laugh. He remembers Kakiru saying and remembers Kakiru smiling earlier. He smiles, too, and thinks, if someday we can look back on it and laugh together, and sort of trails off. We see an image of Machi, and then now Kakiru and Yuki sitting at the student council room. Now says, is it just me, or do these papers seem somewhat worn out? They do, Yuki asks, and Kakiru's like, I'm not sure. It's your. Are you sure it's not your imagination? And that's the end of the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy the way they cover for each other. <laughs> yeah, they're like complete blase, like, oh, are they? I don't know. <laughs> are they? I would, wouldn't have noticed that they're crazy. <laughs> They don't look like they've been thrown on the ground three times at all. Yeah. <laughs> See, we were able to laugh at yes. this one instead of just being sad. <laughs> it's because all the sad Rin stuff happened at the beginning. Yeah, I was going to say, it ended on a happy note. <laughs> yes. I think it's good. First, Last time we talked about how maybe we could have done the first three chapters, like those last two chapters and the first one of this mm -hmm. one together. But I'm glad we did these two together, together because I think there's a... Yuki really sums up the similarities between, like, him and Rin in this mm -hmm. chapter, which was nice. Yeah, it's like, they're all kind of running together right now, so you could kind of break it up either yeah. way, but I think this worked. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> this time, what do we got? Things that we can talk <laughs> about. Let's talk about, should we go in order, I guess? 
<laughs> sure. <laughs> well, it kind of makes sense. Yuki gave us a good transition between the two chapters, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a champ. So, so I guess if we're going in order, Rin then. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. We learned most important thing we learned about Rin. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of learned it last time. Like she wants to break the curse, mm-hmm. but this time Toru figured it out that she wants to break the curse too. Yeah. And an argument ensued. <laughs> yeah. And we learned exactly why she was trying to push Toru away. Yes. In all her previous encounters. Yes. <laughs> because she knew she would break down <laughs> and love her. <laughs> Definitely not not sexual. I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, it's not not there. <laughs> yeah. There's not not a romantic element to this. Yeah. <laughs> as far as I see it. But Yeah. <laughs> There's like a scene when she the, when she shows up it looks at uh, is looking at Toru the first time and it's like drawing of her and it's like her neck. Mm-hmm. I was like, why would you show a, like someone's neck so specific yeah. and sort of intimate? <laughs> yeah, that's just my opinion though. I don't know. <laughs> just reading too much into it. Yeah, it's also very like like shoujo bubble seeing your love interest kind of framing. <laughs> but... I saw her on the stairs and yeah. I knew from that moment on. That I was going to cry on her shoulder, and everyone's like, Shit, yeah. That's not. <laughs> anyway. Um, but more seriously, I mean, she does make some, like, parallels between Toru and Haru and how she reacts to both of them, so. That's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about it that way. She does often, her kind of, like, in her monologue, leads between one and the other. She's like, I can't mm-hmm. hurt either of them because they're too kind, and, like, I just, all the ki- people like me just cling to kind people. Yeah. Um, and just use them. Because, you know, we're too weak or whatever. Yeah. Which is, you know, another example of how, like, how fucked up Rin's, like, <laughs> thoughts have become. Because, like, that's yes. totally normal to seek emotional support from people you're close to. Like, yes. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the whole thing is fucked up. She's like, the yeah. only way to, the only way to, like, keep them sa- She's like, I have to keep them safe from, like, me or whatever, yeah. which is crazy. It's like, no, it's fine. It's sorry. It's mm-hmm. not crazy. That's not the right word. It's depressing. <laughs> yeah. It's fucked up. It's yeah. like you're allowed to seek comfort from other people mm-hmm. and people care about you. Yeah. Even people that you don't know who have no obligation yeah, it's like, to you. Yeah. It's like all her like thoughts and emotions are really, really normal, especially for someone who's gone through what she's gone through. But she thinks right. it's like her being so like horrible and selfish and weak and stuff. It's like, no, it's really not. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's really okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I mean, Yuki was kind of like that, too. Yeah, we had, like, a... Yeah, they do have some parallels, Yuki and Mm -hmm. Rin, too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he specifically has had, like, thoughts in the past about, like, feeling like he just, like, takes things from people and isn't giving anything back, which... Also Haru, actually, specifically, now that I think about it. I don't know why I didn't think about it until you just said this just now. (laughs) It's so obvious! (laughs) (laughs) And Rin also... I want to circle back to this, the curse. So Rin also mm-hmm. noticed that Toru sneaking around trying to break the curse. Yeah. And then Rin is kind of, I wonder, so Rin asks like, oh, do you pity us? Do you whatever? And I wonder if she's doing the thing, because Rin does this thing where she like says whatever she thinks is going to hurt people the most mm-hmm. to kind of like get them to stop doing whatever they're doing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think she basically confirms that's what she's doing in that scene. Because yes. like after she says that, she has the memory of. Uh, hero asking if she's blaming him for mm-hmm. basically having a happy family and she's like it's not that but she's like it's the like, only way that i can like say i'm just that trying to protect, protect people you. basically yeah yeah have we said we've definitely <clears throat> said this before in non-spoilers because i know we've definitely talked about it before that she yeah we talked about it last time because she mm-hmm. was last time she said uh 
because she wanted to free Haru from the curse specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess now yeah, we, we know that it about... extends beyond just Haru. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about it in the past how she, like, you know, seems to know exactly what to say to, like, hurt people. And then we talked last mm-hmm. time about how she's doing it for a reason. And Yeah. The reason. We becoming... know the reason. Yeah, now it's becoming clear that she's, you know, doing it because she wants to protect people and thinks she needs to push them away from herself to protect, protect them. them. Mm-hmm. And probably in Toru's case, from the family, like, <clears throat> not just her specifically, yeah. but I mm-hmm. think that that would extend to the Soma family, too. She's like, don't mess around. Mm-hmm. In the Soen family. Yeah. It's kind of like what Hattori tried to do when he first met Toru. (laughs) That's true. He was like, I'll be an asshole. Then she'll leave us alone. (laughs) Like, if I just tell her to leave like a weirdo, if I invite her to my house alone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Hattori. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're both, I mean, obviously motivated to keep her away. And they're, I mean... They have the same, a similar experience of being traumatized by Aikido. So yeah, I'm sure they want to keep someone like Toru mm-hmm. away from the family. So yeah, and with Rin herself, she yeah, thinks. they both reacted to incredible trauma by just really wanting to help other people. Yes, Hattori <laughs> <laughs> more obviously yeah. than Rin, I guess. <laughs> but then, of course, Toru. <laughs> Toru just like refused to let Rin mm-hmm. push her away actually and was yeah. like no I refuse to do not do this it's like yeah. the strongest thing that I think I'm trying to remember if there was a time where Toru reacted more strongly to a person like that um, the thing it made me instantly think of is during the true form mm-hmm. when uh, she started to walk away and then she turned around and had that incredible determined look on her face and then mm-hmm. came back and refused to leave Kyo alone mm-hmm I'm looking mm-hmm. at her face. I'm um, mm-hmm. trying to see. Yeah, it's not as much her like expression, just the reaction where, where she's very much like, "No, I'm not going to stay out of this." And her like, no, determination like, coming out. Yeah. Yes. It's not like this is the first time for sure. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. The true form arc. It definitely reminds me of the true form arc. Yeah. I think it's um. I think it's the first time Toru's as like, like self assured of her own goals. In yeah. the time she's doing it like i think in the past that was it was just a reaction because she is a determined person mm-hmm. but when pushed and it's just like at those in the previous times it's just like a kind of natural reaction to the circumstances but in this time we've already seen her like we've seen her use the exact words of i won't stay out of it mm-hmm. in the past so this is like very much like she's like no i have a goal and i'm not going to be deterred from it for any reason yeah the other times that it reminds me of are like the time when she pushed akito away at school that was really early on and then of course mm-hmm. when she stood between momiji and akito at the beach arc mm-hmm. and those times it seemed kind of more of a like reaction like a protective yeah. reaction and even a little bit with kyo in the at the true form um mm-hmm. a little bit like i but i think she's like no i refuse to like let this go yeah. um but this is like yeah i do think you're i think it's a good point that this is probably the most yeah, self-assured or confident she is of her goal, where she just, like, refuses to let Rin push her away or stop mm-hmm. her from... She's like, no, there are things that are important important to me, and I won't stay out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah, because we've seen her, like, a lot of times in the past have, like, doubts of, like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this, it's not my place, but we've seen her kind of recently go through that and be like, even if it's not my place, and even if I shouldn't be doing it, I'm going to not stay out of it anymore, so... I'm going to do it anyway! Yeah. <laughs> yes. On this one specific thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> breaking the curse. No big deal. Yeah. Nothing big. Um, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not a big deal at all. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. 
Nope. <laughs> um, when she grabs in this later in this story or not story in this chapter that we just read, she kind of um, rests her hand on like Rin's arm, and in the true form, she like grabbed Kyo's arm. It reminded mm-hmm. me of that, and they both kind of like push her away. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Rin much less ferociously. <laughs> yeah. Although Rin could fuck her up, probably. Yeah. <laughs> she tried to kick her head in as a horse before. Oh, so. yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> you saved Toru's life. <laughs> He's like, don't do that. It's like, can you yeah. be more? <laughs> yes. Can you be less you? Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoy Yuki and Rin's relationship. Yes. I love this one was really good. Yuki came in. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I guess we have more things to say about Toru and, and yeah. Rin, but I guess we could talk about that really quickly first because <laughs> Yuki comes in to like to Rin's room and he tells her, he's like, by the way, <laughs> mm-hmm. I know I was going to let Haru take care of this, but he still likes you a lot. And yeah. it's very, <laughs> and then she kind of like looks at the food. It's really interesting. Um, yeah. It was a nice. In this chapter yeah. specifically. I like how they like like they don't really like each other or get along, but they have kind of a mutual <laughs> loyalty to Haru. Yeah. And kind of a mutual sort of understanding of each other. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. The, Rin doesn't seem to like him. Mm-hmm. I don't think Yuki has anything against Rin. I think yeah, he's I just think... trying to like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he dislikes her. He's just like, could you not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, stop being so weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Let's talk about Rin and Toru. So we talked mm-hmm. about their argument already, mm-hmm. which I thought was hilar- like hilarious because Yuki, sorry, <laughs> I burped a lot. <laughs> it was not hilarious. Their argument is very serious, but then it's funny how Ri- Yuki and like Kyo come in the hall. Like, what is going on in there? Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, so good. <laughs> and then she just like bursts out the room past them, and they're like, uh. "Yeah, is that what's implied by that panel? It looks like there's like speed lines past them. Like she ran past." That's what them. I got from that panel. <laughs> okay, same. I was like, maybe I'll save this for later. Yes. I think I did say that. And then they follow them outside. Shigure and Yuki and Kyo see them outside. Yeah. And then, of course, Rin Rin breaks. So what happens is, I think we stopped in the middle of their argument before the resolution of their argument where Rin says that there isn't a way to break the curse. Mm-hmm. And then she runs out. Yeah. Because she starts kind of breaking down and crying. And then she's like, no, I won't do it. I won't I'm break down to, to this person. <laughs> and then she does a like complete 180, literally, yeah. and like cries on her for hours and hours mm-hmm. and hours. At yeah. least that's what's implied. <laughs> yeah, like it seems like they just stayed there until Hattori came up the walk and is like, "What they the fuck?" There... Yeah, <laughs> they stayed there till morning. Yuki says, mm-hmm. "Until the soft light crept over the land." <laughs> yeah, the scene of um the scene of her like sobbing to Toru is very visceral. She's just like mm-hmm. clinging onto her. Yeah. Or, like the way Takaya draws like her hands in Toru's like sweater and Toru's clothes. Like she's mm-hmm. just like gripping them. Yeah. The other interesting thing I think to note in this is that Toru cries too. So mm-hmm. Toru says that it's scary to be alone and then she cries. Yeah. And she has what looks like a memory of herself as a child. Mm-hmm. I also so at the end of that whole scene, Shigure is like, um, she should just give it in and cry to her a long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's funny, like when Shigeru's making his like, "Will you always go cry into her?" comment, Yuki reacts like it's being said directly to him. While Kyo's like, "What yeah. the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah. <laughs> the good news out of all of this is that Rin goes to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> and swings her IV at Haru, yeah. <laughs> which we find out about the next day or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's when they're back at school. Yeah. Um, and Yuki 
Yuki, yeah, it's it's good. It's a good. Actually, it's a really nice transition. I think when Shigure makes that comment that Yuki picks up on, mm-hmm. and then he he narrates away into the next chapter. Yeah, like it seems like it. The narration is Yuki's between those two chapters. And yeah, it seems like it's one like complete thought, which is kind of interesting. I don't think we've seen a single narration continue across two chapters like that. No, Yuki's definitely the king of narration. I was like, this yeah. narration sounds like Yuki. And I was like, oh, it is. <laughs> when you get into the next mm-hmm. chapter. Yeah. Um, it could be kind of ambiguous in the first one. Like, yeah. I mean, sometimes sometimes it's hard to tell because Toru kind of does that too, but it doesn't really seem like her sort of like voice. Yeah. But then once you go to the second chapter, I think it's really obvious that it was Yuki's. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right that um, we often see this to like bookend chapters, but we haven't seen one that kind of goes between two. Mm-hmm. But there hasn't really been a chapter that really bled. Like, we've seen some that they pick up exactly where they left off or whatever, but this one actually kind of, like, bleeds into the next one. Yeah. And then doesn't... The next chapter actually has, like, a separate focus, but the beginning is the end of the chapter before. So it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a little more, yeah. like, fluid mm-hmm. style of dividing up the chapters, I guess. I don't know if that's something yeah. of note, but it seems like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I wouldn't be surprised to, like, if these, like, chapter divider pages weren't in there. If that just went on, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's weird. Is this supposed to be a new chapter? Like, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it just continued in that way. Yeah. Is that everything we can say about Rin? We kind of knew this stuff before, but now she finally admitted mm-hmm. to Toru and finally yeah. cried on Toru, which she wanted to do since the first time that she saw her. Mm-hmm. It creeped her in Shigure's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I try to remember that time. Kick down like, her sandcastle. Yeah, really. What an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Did we see that time? I can't remember. I was like looking at their outfits. Like I think we saw Rin leaving or something in one of those chapters before the beach. Yeah, I think we saw like Rin there, but I don't think we saw that she saw Toru. I think Shigeru Yuki was just like, "Is that Rin?" And Shigeru was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, whatever. She was just here." Yeah. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a vague memory of that. Yeah. But yeah. Yes. Then she kicked mm-hmm. down her sandcastle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Further supporting the like sexual tension theory, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. We do think. I think we get a bit more clearing up on the timeline. We were talking about it a bit last chapter because mm-hmm. clear that Haru and Rin were still together, like when he was first like meeting Toru. Hmm. So. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. So right at the beginning of the series. Yeah, I think we kind of extrapolated that from, like, well, when, like, they broke up when she was in the hospital, and we saw, like, mentions of her getting out of the hospital, so it was probably pretty early on in the series, but, yeah, but yeah so we get confirmation that it was after, uh, after the beginning of the series, because yeah. they had, they were still together when he was telling her about Toru, so. Right. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad we closed the chapter on Rin. She's going to the hospital. Yeah. She's gonna get some help. <laughs> Oh, Haru said that she has ulcers. Hold on, wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last time I was wondering, I can't remember if we talked about this, but I was like, I wonder what her actual like problem is that she has. Mm-hmm. We kind of sort of talked about it, I think. Haru said yeah. that she, he says because of her breakdowns and ulcer complications. Mm-hmm. So I guess because of her mental history, mental health history and some kind of like gastrointestinal issue, which I guess yeah. is obvious, but mm-hmm. perhaps ulcers. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. From... I mean, stre- I think stress can cause ulcers, right? So Yeah. I think a lot of things can cause ulcers and we you know she was had a lot of things happen so yes um, yes but it makes sense since we've seen her like have issues with like vomiting and trying not to vomit and so. eating she has a lot and, of yeah. issues around actually um, eating in the first place too mm-hmm. but anyway rin's in the hospital yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So we're good for now. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we transition to Yuki, the Yuki focus chapter? Sure. <laughs> oh, I wait, sorry. I had, else. Um... I had one more thing to say, which is about Hattori. So when they're leaving. Mm, yeah. Yes, I could. I was like, should we talk about Hattori and Shigeru? Oh, yeah, we should probably new? talk about that. That was kind of important. <laughs> sorry, I skipped over that completely. Yeah. Um, so Hattori, first of all, when Hattori leaves, Shigeru is like, oh, you were able to leave without permission or whatever he says. Mm-hmm. And he was like, it's hard to keep Akito happy these days. So there was like a specific, it was a very, the very first part of their conversation, it was small. I just, I didn't realize that Hattori needed Akito's permission to leave. I think he might have been being like slightly sarcastic about it. Yeah. <laughs> so... But I mean, like, I guess... Like, I don't know if he strictly needs a hall pass from Akito. It's <laughs> probably, like, if he leaves and Akito wants him, it's not going to be happy. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. But it, I guess what it seems like... I don't know if there's something that he says that implies that Akito is, like, being more possessive recently or if it's mm-hmm. just the usual, so... Yeah, I think the the specific way he says, like, hard to keep him happy these days does make yeah. it seem like... And we were talking about that a bit last chapter, how... Yeah. Like, Akito's... Uh, particular Akito-ness seems to be a little more unhinged lately. Yeah. Or at least we're seeing it more. Yeah. As this story goes on. Yeah, so Shigeri vague some more about the curse. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he was, he said that Rin thinks that he can break the curse and and Adora was like, that's absurd and he was like, mm-hmm. is it though? Yeah. That's the way I inter- choose to interpret their conversation. Yeah, it seems kind of like, like I kind of interpret it as like Hattori seems shocked at the whole idea of breaking the curse, yeah. rather than specifically Shigure knowing. Yeah. And he's just like, is it that weird? Mm-hmm. And then he's he has that, like, kind of big, there's that big panel of him where he doesn't say anything, but then when Hattori thinks mm-hmm. about it later, it's revealed that he was saying, like, do you hear it, the sound of something about to break, or the sound mm-hmm. of something breaking. Yeah. Just intriguing, but very vague. <laughs> As usual, what an yeah. asshole. I mean. <laughs> Shigure's the master of vague. <laughs> Yeah, he was kind of an asshole, this chapter. Yeah. He was like, like we don't get... you want to like, go to the hospital so that you can like take care of yourself or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's more of that like that relationship they have that we were talking about where they don't really like bullshit each other. Yeah. <laughs> but he's just like, you should take care of yourself, then everyone will leave you alone and you can stop being annoying. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, but it's also kind of like what she wants, so it's like he knows, yeah. that's, knows what that she wants. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like they don't bullshit each other. They know yeah, it's what... really funny. And then he was like, oh, me and Rin are dating. And Toru was yeah. like, oh, I'm sorry I asked. And Toru yeah. is like, be more aware of the context of your conversation. Yeah. That was kind of funny because that was kind of like an early series Shigure joke. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. I wonder if that's like a fourth wall situation. Yeah. Oh, you mean like date, just dating people in general? That's true also. Just that kind of just that kind of joke where he'd like say something stupid or like that. Yeah. In that, on the, right. in that line, like just out of nowhere. I thought you Even meant because it's a more serious were... situation. Yes, I thought you meant because they were to in they're like such salacious position together before. Yeah, um... well, I do think it's kind of a joke about that, but <laughs> but yeah, yeah it also it's just the kind general... of joke that Shigure was making more often in the yeah. beginning of the series when we didn't know all of his Shigure depths. <laughs> well, we still don't know all his Shigure depths. You just said that yeah. he's looking yeah. super vague. We just kind of know it a little better. Yeah, we know he has depths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, depth to his depth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I think we can move on from that chapter. <laughs> okay. I think that's everything that I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Kyo was just there. He's not important yeah. in these chapters. He had like one line, and it was one of his like, why the hell is whoever here? Yeah. Why is Rin here? Why is Tori here? <laughs> Someone's sick? And they're like, no. 
Rin's staying here. Like, he's like, why is Satori here? Is, he, is someone sick? And Satori's like, can I just visit? Yeah, no. <laughs> he's probably just like, is Toru sick? That's the subtext of the yeah. question. <laughs> so can I just come to visit family and friends? <laughs> like, no. he would do that. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, he needs to get a hall pass from Megiddo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Akito would have one of those, like, obnoxious hall passes. You know, like it's where like they have like a, a whole hammer like sign on a thing, on yeah. a chain, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, toilet seat on a chain. Here's your hall pass. <laughs> <laughs> Toy's like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Mayuko, the night school doctor, or the night school teacher <laughs> for a night school doctor, would have an obnoxious hall pass? <laughs> okay, so the next chapter, Yuki. Mm-hmm. He Yuki brings us in. Yeah, he bridges the chapters. Mm-hmm. And he says that in in one respect, he and Rin are alike. And then mm-hmm. transitions into the chapter, which I think is interesting. Yeah. There's a brief like discussion with Haru. So there's a discussion with Haru where we get some more information about Rin. But then Kakuru comes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Haru leaves the conversation, he has that moment with Kakuru. Kakuru where he's like, please mm-hmm. um, take care of Yuki for me or whatever, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought Kakuru just jumps right into that yeah, <laughs> question. <laughs> they're kind take of good care of your daughter. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of on the same wavelength in terms of teasing Yuki. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but then when Haru leaves, he's like, um, like let's both. He says good luck to both of us. And then Yuki has this memory, which I looked up. So it's a scene where um, Haru says, "Don't stay, don't stay lost." So it's from chapter seventy. So what's happening in this scene, and the reason why I think it's interesting is because I wanted to bring this up again, because I looked back at it and I was like, oh, this like all makes so much sense when you put it all together, <laughs> which is great. So this is a scene from before where they run into Rin. So in these, okay, in 69 and 70, when we read them together, it's where Toru's grandfather is ill, so she has she goes and visits him. Um, and then Haru runs into, you, runs into Rin, like, in the woods or whatever, by Shigure's mm-hmm. house. And they have this whole conversation. They have their crazy kiss. <laughs> and then uh, Rin runs away. But Yuki and Haru have this conversation where... Like, Haru once again told him that he Yuki needed to make himself top priority and not worry about Rin and not worry about things. This is when Haru says, Yuki, you're weak, but you're also kind. And he tells him not to stay lost. He says, you need to find the place where you truly want to be. And Yuki cries. Also, Yuki says, mm-hmm. I can't stand up on my own, not all by myself. So it's, like, very similar things that are repeated in these two chapters, which is why I thought it was, uh, I mean, it's an obviously a good callback, um, mm-hmm. but it's interesting. They're just kind of the same, they're all on the same themes and showing this idea growing, these ideas growing with Yuki and with Haru. So at this point now, after that chapter that we read, Haru's reserved, you know, try to get in contact with Rin again, and Yuki... Um, it's trying to, he's not, it's not like he's trying to make friends, but he's trying to be in the student council. It's like, he doesn't realize he's making friends yet, but everybody else yeah. does. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, uh, Toru and Haru said the same thing mm-hmm. where they kind of both like smiled him off and were like, go oh, hang out with your new friends, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, and Yuki doesn't mm-hmm. seem to understand what's going on, but they do. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, my first note for chapter 81 is, oh, Haru's happy Yuki made a friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, he yeah. made and we a talked friend. About, yeah, and we talked about before about, like, Toru smiling Toru's when he's, like, griping about Kakiru in the <laughs> earlier chapter. She's like, are you sure that you're mad at him? And Yuki's like, yeah, he yeah. sucks. <laughs> and <Yeah>. he smiles. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. It's nice that they're all tied together. Mm-hmm. 
and that we can see the things moving forward. So this was like ten mm-hmm. chapters ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and these chapters also especially bring back that like not being able to or having to stand on your own. I mean, it's okay to get like support from other people. Which yeah, is kind of theme for, sure. for several of these chapters All of lately. Them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Yuki's deal, Rin's deal. It turns out. Toru's mm-hmm. deal. Toru and Haru to a degree, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, so there's a little interaction with Yuki and Haru, and I think we're just seeing, to summarize what I said, it, it just said in, in shorter words, we're seeing them kind of move forward with their individual, like, resolutions. Mm-hmm. Haru to try to get in contact with Rin again, and Yuki to kind of move forward and be part of the student council, and, you know, I don't know, do what he says is, like, deal with them and being uncomfortable but really it's like to make some new friends and make new connections yeah <laughs> and i think haru notices that and so you can see and then like yeah there's mm-hmm. um the student council session just, is all really funny <laughs> yeah so i just have a, a yuki and kyo parallel there oh yeah because they have like during the true form arc when he's talking about like trying to get you know Cosma to take him home again he's like I hate it here I feel all uncomfortable <laughs> and stuff and they're like no actually you feel happy and you're yeah feel like you're at home and have people who you care about and it's kind of the same <laughs> thing where he's like oh I feel uncomfortable I don't know how to deal with these people it's like no you're making friends yeah, you're actually <laughs> making friends it's actually good for you <laughs> yeah yeah that's true I never thought about it that way it's a good point <laughs> it's cute they're so mm-hmm. cute, and they don't know what's comfortable. <laughs> so sad. Hey, this is weird. Is it supposed to feel like this? Yes, yeah. that's friendship. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's called being friends. The way that Kakuru and Yuki argue all the time is hilarious. They have their little like yeah. bickering. It's like, oh, you're mm-hmm. so normal friends with these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, Kimi, Kimi calling him over the PA, and then <laughs> Kakuru imitating her, and then like texting yeah. her <laughs> to tell her that she he found yuki is mm-hmm. hilarious and then they get to the student council room which we yeah. should talk about so yeah they they're so also first of all before that kakuru is super excited i love how he excited he was yeah. <laughs> about the prospect of evil in the student council room i was like oh man this is terrible with this like, so terrible his and then yuki is like i think you're really happy about it it's <laughs> like oh crap this isn't good this is so bad <laughs> yeah but anyway so then they open the door and it's machi of course um who's Mm -hmm. wreaking havoc in the student council room machi doesn't say anything in this chapter i think at all Mm -hmm. um but she's clearly freaked out like she looks even more freaked out than the first time when we saw her like Mm -hmm. um when she messed up the student council room the first time she's like sweating and she's like shocked Mm -hmm. um like maybe I guess the first time she was more like calmed down after or something, yeah. but this is like mid throwing stuff around the room or whatever. Yeah, and like so. how quickly like we were talking about how excited Cocker is, how quickly he just kind of switches to like, oh man, why do you always do this? He does say that, but actually I think when he goes in the room the first time, he they look super serious. So Yuki and Cocker mm-hmm. go in the room, and Yuki looks really concerned, and he says Machi, and then you see this like panel of Cocker, and he also looks somewhat concerned. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of, like, plays it off, like, oh, you're doing it again. Yeah. Oh, so annoying. But he mm-hmm. looked really concerned up front, I think. Yeah. Well, I think it's, like, I'm not saying, like, he's, like, playing it off. It's just, like, he kind of switches to almost resigned. Like, he, yeah, like, oh, it's this, rather than yeah. it being some, like, unexpected <laughs> something, thing. Like, something exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, he obviously is not surprised by this at all. 
No, and Yuki, um, I mean, I guess it's like an in-case-you-forgot situation, but Yuki has these memories of the same thing happening before where Machi destroyed the student council room, and then he saw her, and then Kakiru got up and said, like, oh, you did it again, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he remembers that. And then that leads yeah. into another reveal from this, probably one of the big reveal, the biggest reveal from this chapter, which is that mm-hmm. Kakiru and Machi are half-siblings. Yep. And the reason that they don't have the same last name and, like, don't i don't know like aren't don't seem to be on good they don't seem to be on like bad terms but they don't seem to be on like good terms either yeah they're not like super close like no they definitely don't seem like, like siblings, siblings. Who are, like raised together yeah <laughs> yeah because they weren't it turns out no. <laughs> <laughs> so they have different mothers and they raised them very strictly i guess like to it doesn't say exactly but i think it's like to be rivals right link mm-hmm. um yeah it seems like they were probably pitted against each other Mm-hmm. as children yeah it seems like and Kakuru says like I like rebelled against this and my mom kind of came to her senses and now I'm free from it so I don't worry about it anymore but maybe Machi is not in that situation mm-hmm. he says when they talk about what's the deal with her basically yeah and we've talked about like obviously we knew where it was going but we've talked about how like they've been like associated with each other from the beginning where they like mm-hmm. seem to know each other pretty well even though they don't like just like, they don't chat like friends or whatever, but every time mm-hmm. we've seen them, especially in the beginning, they were, like, talking to each other and seemed to know each other and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's kind That's of right. like, what's up with those two? When we first saw them, they were walking down the hall together. Mm-hmm. So they're at least on sort of, like, good enough terms that they can, like, talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. Be in the same physical space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's obvious from this chapter that Kakiru cares about her. Yeah, I was just about to say that. To look out for her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he was like, guys, like, go on, I'll take care of this. Don't worry about it. Blah blah. blah. And then he tries to. I guess what happened? He reveals to Yuki is that he tried to talk to her about it, and she left. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he kind of kind of covers for her, and he did the first time too. I think. Yeah. Like he, I think he purposely like, kind of plays it off so that it's not like a bigger deal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, he's like, oh, you did it again, whatever, like, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's all part of that. But, yeah, it's obvious that he cares about her. Mm-hmm. The way that she feels about him isn't obvious, I think, at this point. Yeah. But they definitely don't seem to have a good relationship. Yeah, not, anyway, not, like, a normal, close sibling relationship. Not like Yuki and Ayame, the greatest siblings in the yes. world. <laughs> I loved how Yuki was like, oh, that's it. I get it. Like, the hero does the thing yeah. he re- repeats, like, yeah. the Kakiru's bit. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. It's actually kind of funny, now that you, you mentioned Ayami, that he's like, oh, yeah, you're totally like siblings, because he has kind of a skewed perception of sibling relationships. Yeah, same. <laughs> but also, like, a good understanding of, like, awkward sibling relationships. So he's like, yeah, oh, like, everything think, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like, I think it makes sense to him, because it's like, oh, that's a, a weird sibling relationship. That's exactly what that is. Like, yeah. Most people wouldn't be like, <laughs> Oh, your siblings. Like, they must think yeah. most people would be like, oh, that's weird. I wouldn't have guessed that. But yeah. No, Yuki's like, I get everything that's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's nice that Yuki was able to bond with Kakeru. This is the first time mm-hmm. we've really seen them do that, where he actually told him something serious. He's like, yeah, I don't get along with my parents. Yeah, I think this is the first. Like, we've had that, like, they had that fight that kind of developed into a kind of bonding moment. But this is the Yelling first kind of like, they're just. Yelling at themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the first kind of like they're just like, you know, having a conversation, talking about personal stuff. <laughs> yeah, in like a nice, constructive way. Mm-hmm. And Kakiru told him before, like, I don't understand people. I don't understand 
things. They have this also this funny moment where they're throwing the papers around and yeah, <laughs> and he's like, I don't get why she does this. Like as if he's mm-hmm. like, can do it and then figure out why she does it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like the papers throwing thing. Um, it's just cute. Like first he does it as like almost a way just to keep Yuki in the room because <laughs> he was just like, okay, bye. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, like as they're like starting to clean up, Yuki like throws them again. It's mm-hmm. like sort of a, like, oh, this doesn't matter. Yeah. Kind of thing. Also, like, but I'm it also makes like now. some nice. <laughs> Yeah, but also makes some nice like framing. I like the yes. panels where the papers are falling down around them. The one where Kaku is talking, I'm looking at it right now, and it's really nice. Yeah, and then the one at the end when Yuki's talking about how like you got to deal with what you got. It's got yeah. the papers falling around him. They They're both... nice. They're aesthetically yeah. pleasing. <laughs> yeah, Kaku's like the one. The one where the papers falling around Kaku. It says she won't talk about anything. When I asked if it was my fault, she went home. And then Yuki mm-hmm. says you have to deal with what you got. It's kind of funny. Like they they kind of they're. <laughs> But all everything that happens in this chapter, they kind of mirror each other. Like one does one mm-hmm. thing and the other one does it. It's very cute. Yeah. Also, good relationship fodder, I guess. You know. Mm-hmm. Where you talked about Rin and Tor, can we talk yeah. about Kakeru and Yuki? Yep. It's the Fruba shipping hour this time. Yeah. I'm sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it's very. I don't know. They're clearly developing like a good friendship. I think this is like the first kind of serious conversation that they had. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they kind of. They understand each other. Like, now keeps trying to argue that they should go and, like, clean up the class or whatever. And he's like, I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, I get what you're trying to do. I get that you're trying to cover for Machi for whatever reason. And that she clearly has some, like, problems. So I'm just going to, like, leave it. Yeah. And just move on. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice because that's even before go. they have their conversation. But it's kind of a show of trust there on Yuki's mm-hmm. part. Yeah, it's a show of trust. And I think just a show of compassion. Like, Yuki's mm-hmm. always been... I feel like we know him to be kind. Mm-hmm. He used to say before, wasn't he kind of, we, we joked, at least we joked before about him being like, now he's like, now that he understands his own feelings, he can like help other people, you know? Yeah. Because before he would have been like, fuck this shit, like, I yeah. think. <laughs> yeah, now he's, like, he's okay. learning, he's learning how to people. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. He's, so I think he's much better that. at peopling now. Yeah, I think so. Instead mm-hmm. of just being awkward or running away or whatever. Yeah. And they have their great, like, if you can laugh about, if you can look back and laugh at it, then... Mm-hmm. you know that things are getting better or whatever yeah it is kind of funny and nice that his mom is like don't use the phone wastefully mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he kind of chuckles about it yeah so is this the first mention we've had of his dad i think so i think yeah. we talked about it we're like does he have his dad's dad alive or? yeah like what's up with <laughs> but, his dad is he there yeah but yeah apparently he's around apparently he's alive and doing stuff <laughs> yeah doesn't seem like yeah whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> But yeah, it's nice, uh, the scene with his mom, too. It seems like she's starting to kind of maybe take to heart things Ayame was saying about Mm -hmm. how, like, we have a chance to, Yuki's giving us a chance to have a relationship with him still, despite everything we did. And so. Yeah. And also Yuki just, like, you know, seeing Yuki wanting to be more independent (laughs) and whatever, like, she, Mm -hmm. you know, got sassed. I guess it's Ayame also sassed her, but got sassed by everybody at the parent-teacher conference, right? And they were, like, Mm -hmm. kind of, like... It by by Yame and Yuki. Like Yuki was like, I'm gonna do my own thing, and you need to like accept yeah. that, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because yeah, nice. like she seems a little surprised at him being like, kind of calm and polite and independent, talking to her and thanking her for giving him the signature, and then she yeah. kind of like hesitates before leaving. Mm-hmm. Like she wanted to like tell him something. <laughs> yeah, it's like, maybe I should have a conversation with my son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doesn't quite get there but <laughs> yeah. progress baby steps yeah it it is interesting the like 
the way the panels are done in that scene. So he takes a paper from her and when he's folding it up, this is like, um, it's right toward the end. But so she, he's like, oh, yeah, I just need a signature. Thank you. And then you see her face and it's kind of like in shadow, like, oh, like he's mm-hmm. not, I don't know. It's kind of surprised looking like yeah. he's so confident or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe she can tell that he seems kind of different. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that's what's implied to me. It's not clear. Mm-hmm. I just love how he stuck through the wall. Like, what the fuck was up with that? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't notice that until, like, this read. But, yeah. Yeah, I guess he was trying to avoid the front gate. <laughs> Maybe he didn't want Akito to know he was there or something. Yeah, know. not have everyone know he's there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it is still weird. You feel like he's the kind of person who could just walk in and out, really. But Yeah, I'm sure he could. I just think he doesn't want the... Yeah, the attention. My guess is that he doesn't want all the everyone to know he's coming in. Yeah. He just wants to go talk to his mom, get the signature, and leave do his business yeah yeah without having to be like oh akito knows you're here let's go visit akito it's like nope that's a no <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah it's funny that he climbs through the hole like did everybody know about this <laughs> apparently yeah <laughs> like how did he find out <laughs> but yeah so it was good <laughs> kakari and he had a good bonding moment where they mm-hmm. were able to talk about their family issues together which was nice yep um, and it seems like everybody's growing up mm-hmm and we see, again, that shitty parenting is not limited to the Somas, even if they excel at it. <laughs> They're definitely leading the pack in terms of shitty parenting, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I felt like some of the things that I wrote were like things that were the same kind of as last time, but I think it's just like they all moved forward. They all developed a little bit more, and we had some big mm-hmm. reveals. The Machi Kaku reveal, and then Rin and Toru's kind of revealed to each other that they're trying to break the curse. Yeah. Yeah, sort of a like an internal reveal rather yeah. than a reveal to the audience. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if... So Yuki and Kyo are in the hallway. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they can hear everything they're yelling. So do they know that Toru's trying to break the curse? Yeah, I don't know if they can specifically hear the words or just like, yeah. like you know, you can hear yelling without yelling. knowing what the heck they're saying. <laughs> Sometimes you just hear people like, whoa, 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 and you're like, yeah. what the heck is going on yeah. over there? Like, <laughs> They're I hear like, that from my neighbors sometimes. I'm like, what are oh, you guys no. going on about? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You're like, One time I could hear them really clearly, though. They were arguing about, like, <laughs> about like the car being broken down. And I guess the husband was, like, slacking off instead of trying to get it fixed and trying to, <laughs> you know, do stuff or whatever. And he's, like, saying something about, like, AAA not coming out or whatever. And the wife was like, well, I'm not married to AAA. <laughs> <laughs> Really funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's funny because we're not the ones in the argument i'm sure like we yeah. said a lot of dumb shit in arguments <laughs> it's really great yeah he's like i'm yelling at myself yeah i am like yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty great it's say i want to edit you can cut your fight and have one of them say well i'm not married, married to AAA. <laughs> <laughs> good times <laughs> But yeah, I can imagine that they just hear like general yelling and are like, maybe we should go check on that. Go stand outside and listen at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe the fight you guys is short. Okay. Yeah. Is everything okay yeah. in here? You guys need snacks. <laughs> yeah, I think that's everything in these this chapter that's not spoilery. I have some spoilers mm-hmm. though. Yeah. So much excitement, so much drama. <laughs> I'm glad that everything with Rune was like somewhat resolved because last time yeah. it was such a bummer. <laughs> Yeah, it was, I was like, oh, I love Rin, and then I was like, I guess we have to end this episode on this, like, she's, like, passed yeah. out in Toru's bed. <laughs> yeah, those are some downer chapters. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, I think there's more downer chapters to come. <laughs> yeah, series, definitely. But, 
but that was but those, are, those are like two solid just, downer chapters like i think they're usually a little bit more split up <laughs> and also yeah normally we get like some resolution at the end of two chapters and that time it was just like nope till next time yeah be sad <laughs> yeah these so. ones ended on both of them ended on a higher note <laughs> yes <laughs> okay good you want to talk about spoilers <laughs> get sure. spoiled all right spoil some shit all right <laughs> Rosebud was a sled. <laughs> Probably made that joke before. <laughs> Snape kills Dumbledore. <laughs> like, no, save him for the spoiler section. <laughs> okay, good. Next time we're going to talk about chapters 82 and 83. I don't remember if they're sad or not, <laughs> actually. I think they're about to get into sadness, but I don't think we quite reached the sadness, if I remember correctly. Oh, good times. Yes, right, yes. <laughs> well, good. Okay, so we're going to talk about 82 and 83. It's going to be a good time, question mark. We'll see what happens yeah, next time. Possibly. <laughs> it's kind of 50 a good 50 time, chance. Or there'll be horrific family trauma again. So, yes, Place usually your bets one now. or the other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, good. Well, next time we'll meet you for that. We'll see you then. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. happy or horrific family trauma we only get one or the other yeah it's the only two modes <laughs> i mean sometimes it's like a mix mm-hmm. guys it's a romance comedy <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> this one says this volume says it's the number one shoujo manga selling shoujo manga in america mm-hmm. in 2006 or whenever it was published yeah the number one family trauma manga in first america to- <laughs> first tokyo pop printing august 2006 wow I had to look it up so, so I can make a joke ago. about texting to you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Furuba. Spoilers. Yeah. I want to say something about the same scene that I talked about before, where it's like the two chapters, the chapter that was referenced here, mm-hmm. um, which was chapter 70. So in that chapter, Toru also goes and visits her grandfather. And I think this time in this chapter, we saw her memory when she's like hugging Rin of her being mm-hmm. left by her mother. And I yeah. thought it was really interesting that I never connected those things. I mean, like, not obviously now I know, but I'm sure reading this first time I didn't connect them together. And I think it's really smart and interesting that the, all of those ideas are all paired together. So they were paired together in chapter mm-hmm. 70, and now they're paired together again in this chapter, whatever it was, 81 mm-hmm. or 80? 80. 80 and 81, because both yeah. the two of them had, in chapter 70 and 71 or 69 and 70, I can't remember which two it was, it's like, it was Haru and Yuki and Rin having their kind of situation and then Toru goes and visits her grandfather at the same time and then these two chapters it was like Rin and Toru and then Haru and Yuki so kind of Mm -hmm. all of the issues were all together in all of those chapters it just didn't seem very connected before yeah I'm really excited about it can you tell Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like so I looked for the chapter and I was like oh it's this one good and then I looked at it and I was like wow 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 really interesting Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) it's cool foreshadowing I think or like whatever mm-hmm. cool structure the way that the narrative is structured ties those things together yeah yeah we're getting a lot of uh foreshadowing of toru's issues that are gonna be coming up yeah my note says toru's abandonment issues <laughs> in the spoiler yeah. notes <laughs> mm-hmm. this is the first time i think that it was like directly shown that specific time mm-hmm. yeah i mean we've had reference to her like being like kind of afraid of like especially in the the chapter with her grandfather when he yeah. like made the comment about like leaving like yeah wanting to go and see Katsuya and Kyoko, like, Kyoko and Katsuya and she like kind of panics about that and like at the time you don't think you think oh she's just worried about 
you know, her grandfather being sick, but it's obvious that it's a very specific fear that she has there. Mm-hmm. Was that also the same chapter? Actually, I could just check since I have it, but was that the same one with the memory of the door? This time in this chapter we read, there's a memory of her standing in front of the door. And then I think in the same one, remember there's like this random like scene of the her apartment? Mm-hmm. I think it might have been in her like her little like mini panic attack at the beach. Maybe, yeah. When she had like several memories. I think one was her like standing in front of the door, but I could be wrong. I remember we talked about it before. I just can't remember which chapter it was in. Yeah. It was like, and then there's a scene of a door. Anyway, we just like yeah. kind of skimmed over it and we probably talked about it yeah. in spoilers for that episode. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, it's the same sort of like imagery again. Yeah. The same scene is referenced though in this when she visits her grandfather. Actually, yeah. So in chapter 70, there's like the scene where she's sitting with her um, with her grandfather. And then there's like scenes of her, her mother like in black, like in her um, outfit. And then this exact same memory mm-hmm. of her standing in front of the door as a child is what I was mm-hmm. thinking of. Okay. So we might yeah. have talked about it then, but we definitely yeah, talked about probably... it before. Yeah. But yeah, we're getting, and I thought it was really interesting that in this chapter with Rin, she like cried as well when mm-hmm. Rin was talking about being alone. Yeah. They kind of like cry together mm-hmm. instead of just Rin clinging to her. Rin thinks that she's kind of like clinging to her for support, but like yeah, but really. They're both... <laughs> yeah. They're clinging to each other. It's why they're perfect for each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's really sweet because, yeah, because, you know, like you can buy it off as just her being like, you know, reacting to someone being in an emotional situation and maybe even having the same kind of like despair as Rin being like we want to break the curse and we don't know what the hell to do yes then it comes you know but then like when you read later in the series you can tell there's more going on because she's has a very personal reason to empathize with that fear of being alone yeah and it's it's parent issues for both of them too yeah it's Toru's like main sort of fear and motivation I think and throughout this Mm -hmm. is that like fear of being alone and abandoned and Rin also has that we see yeah and i think like when you know going in it's obvious from the beginning that toro has those issues but it's definitely become more it's come more to the forefront of the series and i think of toru's thought process like Mm -hmm. it's starting to become like i think she's been successfully pushing it down for a while at the beginning of the series Mm -hmm. but she's starting to kind of starting to come more to the forefront for her yeah, I think she's actually starting to actually process that that's what's going on and like have relive yeah. those memories and mm-hmm. and go through that acknowledge that that's what bothers her as opposed to yeah. just reacting. We kind of talked about how she like reacts to people um you know reacts by protecting people and whatever so mm-hmm. far that we've seen. Yeah. Um and it just seems like that's like her personality, but I think it's also driven by this like empathy and connection with people who have similar problems right yeah um mm-hmm. you know yeah and i mean when you think about it like at the start of the series it wasn't that long since her mother died and she'd had a lot of other stuff going on since mm-hmm. then so it's like she's yeah. just turning into kinda... animals i mean yeah <laughs> <They're> animals <laughs> living in a tent for example being homeless. yeah living in a tent <laughs> sometimes it still blows my mind <laughs> yeah just all this kind of shit she's been dealing with and so like now she's kind of sitting down and processing all her own stuff. Mm-hmm. And Rin kind of helps her do that. Yeah. Even yeah. though she thinks it's They're a good for each other. They are. Mm-hmm. They're going to be good. I'm excited to see their mm-hmm. dynamic duo, crime-fighting duo. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. I love when they, like, first do that and Tori's like, a partnership is formed and Rin's like, don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
They're cute. I like them. They are. It's a good a good duo. It's nice to introduce um like reintroducing a lot of new relationships now since we're yeah. past the halfway point of the series. Like we got you know Yuki and the student council and Toru and Rin and stuff like that. So it's kind of nice mm-hmm. to see some new relationships after we've had everyone else kind of pretty thoroughly established. Kakeru and Machi. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just it's like yeah, some of the other characters too, I guess. Yeah. Yuki and Machi. I just um mm-hmm. Looking ahead to next time, we were talking about... It's the one where Yuki gets locked in the room. Yeah. And then Machi basically, like, breaks down the door to save him. That's what happens at the end yeah. <laughs> of the chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I was just, like, it reminded me of how Kyo, like, breaks through the roof. And I was like, what is it with yeah. meeting your love interest in a super violent <laughs> way yeah. for Takaya? Is there something here? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. It's kind of funny how long the lead-in is to, like, Yuki Machi. He's definitely, like, the funny thing is that Yuki's <laughs> really interested in her mm-hmm. in a way that he's not really interested in other people. Like, he's basically yeah. like, I hate Kakeru. But then, like, when he <laughs> comes in, you know what I mean? But then they end up yeah. bonding forcefully. And then in, uh, with Machi, he comes in the room this time specifically. The first time he was just kind of like, what the fuck? And he was overwhelmed. But this time he comes in and he's, mm-hmm. like, really concerned. Like, he looks very concerned. Yeah. And he calls her... He calls her you know, he calls to her, um, he lets, he tries to, he kind of distracts everybody from her. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think there's something there. It's not just that he's, like, yeah. intrigued. It's beyond mm-hmm. that. He he probably yeah. empathizes with her. It yeah. doesn't know. It's just kind of like when I, yeah, it's like when I remember, like, that relationship, it's like, I think I kind of squished all their stuff together. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of weird how long it is between, like, it's like, oh, they met, and then there's, like, a long time before they talk again, and then, like... It's like, oh, he gives her the leaf, and then there's a while, and then it's like, oh, he sees her in the room, and then yeah. there's a little bit of time, and it's like, oh, he she helps him out of the closet, and it's yeah. like, there's just, like, kind of long periods between all the, like, moments they have. Yeah, it's, it's really... kind of a long lead-in for it. Yeah, it's not like uh, other characters in the series. It's not like a Kyoto situation. They constantly are together. Mm-hmm. They're constantly yeah. around each other. So their relationship, it develops slowly. But with Yuki and Machi, it's also very slow, but it's kind of, like, spaced out <laughs> more. Yeah. It's, like, the actual, like, events that happen are, like, it's not a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, they don't have a ton of, like, interactions compared to some of the other relationships, but... Mm-hmm. But there's It's, like, it happens over a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. Can't wait for <laughs> Machi to... Yuki to ask for fertilizer, like a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the scene when she's like gets dragged into Ayame's shop and doesn't know what the hell to do. It's okay, Yuki didn't either. Yeah. Nobody it's how does. she's just like sitting there with her machi face. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes the way that she looks, I'm just like, she's making her machi face. Yeah. <laughs> so that's slowly going along. Yeah, it's nice. Kakuru yeah. is good for Yuki. I I was I'm happy like this it was nice to see they were kind of like a nice, like, serious conversation that they have together. It's, like, mm-hmm. becoming the relationship that I remember, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, their relationship... I remember all the funny things, too, but... <laughs> yeah. It's becoming the good yeah, for him. it's nice. I like them because they have, like, the, like, cute, funny bickering, but they also have, like, <laughs> like good, serious, like, emotional conversations, which are nice. Yeah, their relationship isn't just one-dimensional. Like, some mm-hmm. characters, I guess. Like, now, being angry all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so angry in this chapter. I know. <laughs> I, uh, I was like, should I write this dialogue? No, I'm just going to write now whines. And then he whines again. He complains and then he whines and he complains. Yeah. It's like, no, you don't deserve this. <laughs> you don't deserve your dialogue yeah. to be heard. 
<laughs> to be fair, I would probably react in the same way. Like, as what him. the hell? Yeah, you guys better clean this shit up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what the fuck is going on? What do you mean we don't want to talk about it? Yes. <laughs> like, I want to talk about it. window is broken. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean she went home and didn't even clean up yeah, anything? <laughs> on the one hand, I understand, but on the other hand, it's like, he didn't see Mushi's yeah. face like Yuki and, yeah. and Kakeru did. Yeah. Yeah, it's like knowing what we know, obviously, he seems unreasonable, but I was like, I would definitely react the same way in his position. In real life? I feel like yeah. I'd be like, what the hell? Are you okay? I wouldn't be I wouldn't be as loud. I would just be like quietly fuming over. Yeah, you would have just disappeared like Kimi. Yeah. I like how just like conveniently Kimi's gone. Yeah. He's like, oh, Kimi left too. It's like here before the cleanup. Yeah. Well, Classic it's also just like, Kimi. Yeah, disappear before the relationship, before Kakiru and Yuki can have their relationship growth. Yeah. Conveniently disappear. I feel like it was a, calcu- a calculated disappearance, so she didn't have to be involved in the cleanup. Definitely. On part. Definitely. <laughs> oh, for calling over the PA, that was funny. Yeah. I enjoyed imitating it the way that I thought <laughs> she would say it. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at her dialogue and I was like, I can't wait to do this. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> wrote my little script. <laughs> I wonder if there are any other times that Yuki sees his mom. Like, I don't really remember any. I wonder if that develops anymore. I feel like there is, but I can't remember when specifically. They might have another, like, run in, but I don't remember anything yeah. significant, at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, and by significant, I mean taking up a lot of space, not necessarily, you know, like, significant yeah. to his de- not significant to his development. Yeah, like page time. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like this. Like this was mm-hmm. significant. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know if there's anything more than like things like this in the future. Mm-hmm. There are characters that Yuki has bigger issues with, as we'll see. As you pointed out. Yeah. Coming up, Yuki's like issues with Akito are coming up. There'll be some like the, the flashbacks yeah. of him in the room with Akito being super cray cray as a child. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it'll be a good time. <laughs> Which has its own spoilery stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that being really interesting, like going back to read that part after you know about the Kranos curse breaking because mm-hmm. then you're like oh, oh it was around that time <laughs> is that what you're saying yeah yeah yeah. it's like that's what made him like kind of snap and get all interesting like really crazy because because like Yuki talks about like oh he's a little bit kind of you know pushy and mean but not that bad and then all of a sudden he kind of lost it and yeah she she kind of lost it I guess yeah <laughs> But that's what Yuki's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Like, quote Yuki. Yeah. That So that was when Akito was young? I'm just trying to... I don't know. I never really thought about it, actually. Yeah, it was like... Yeah, it was like... Akito was pretty young Relatively when uh, young. Curse Bro comes. I remember, like... Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I remember that's part of what, like, Karina's whole thing with wanting to stay was, like... Because, like, all he saw was, like, a crying little girl. Yeah. 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 It all... Yes. It all fits together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pulling the pieces out. I feel like they're gonna mm-hmm. feel them in the back of my head. Yeah, <laughs> like oh yeah, that's right. That is what mm-hmm. happened. But yeah, it's just interesting. I mean, we'll talk about it more when we get to that chapter. Because like, oh, there's like a distinctive thing where Yuki says like, "Oh, he was, you know, kind of mean, but not that bad." And then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, keto. It's like everything changed. Developed. Like you don't know why at the time, but <laughs> <laughs> like now we know. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Changed. And Akito, yeah, basically imprisoned Yuki or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, good times, so good. Yeah, so many good, good times. Can't wait. That's yeah. gonna be a Debbie Downer chapter too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So many to come. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Spin the wheel and land on family trauma. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that 
<laughs> in my note, I was just looking ahead at what's coming up. In my note, it says Sad Baby Yuki. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Those two chapters. Yeah. Oh, and the sort of guys, yeah. Sword of Cinderella is coming. Where are we? This is we're recording episode forty-three. No, we're in forty-two. So forty-three, forty-four. It says forty-five in my notes is the beginning of Sword of Cinderella. Oh so we're God. two episodes away. <laughs> Who's excited? We're gonna have to rehearse. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like sit there holding the books up and be like me, 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 me. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, have we actually talked about any cha- any spoilers for this chapter? Or just uh, every other spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <coughs> um, we talked about Tora's abandonment. Yeah, we talked issues. about Tora's issues. Yeah. Rin, is there more to say? She wants to break the curse. I feel like most of it's revealed. I mean, there's more things to come. Like she's in the hospital this time, but I don't think this yeah. is the time. There's still like the cat's room time to come. Yeah. There's still more trauma ahead for Rin. That blows. Yeah, Rin's not. Rin is not out of the woods yet. No, no. It seems... I was like, everything's fine for now. Yeah. Rin is settled for now. I think yeah. it's in the next upcoming chapters that Tori starts bringing her food and she eats it. Mm-hmm. And at first I was just like, yeah, oh, that's but... sweet. And then now that I re-read, re-read these, I was like, wow, she really has like issues with food. Like, it's nice that she eats yeah. Tori's food. Yeah. I feel like that's that's pretty subtly done, yeah. her issues with food. Like, it's not really ever like commented on. You just no. kind of like pick up on it. So. I mean, I didn't pick up on it until this time, so... Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I mean, I understood that she was like sick and stuff, but not specifically yeah. that. And I was like, oh wow, she like never eats, and it's like always a. She says that she doesn't wasn't comfortable eating with family and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's like she probably had like issues around it anyway, and then like because of her health issues, it's probably like hurts to eat a probably. lot of times, which makes it worse. <laughs> I imagine there's quite the like negative feedback loop. Yeah, with food and her, but then she eats with Haru, mm-hmm. and she'll eat Toru's food later. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, especially if she's also punished for throwing up. Yeah, I know. Ugh, so yeah, sad. that's so. That's so terrible. Everything about it is terrible. Why are we talking yeah, about it again? Everything I mean, because <laughs> it'll get better, and then it'll get worse. Uh, then, then it'll, it'll get, get better. better. <laughs> when Haru, I'm looking forward to when Haru, the time when Haru comes and like uh, carries her off of the streets because. Because she yeah. ran away from the hospital, which is, I think, after the cat's room. So, yeah. Once they get back sweet. together, yeah, it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. So Haru is still, um, he's still like, I'm, I'm doing my best. Gonna go try to see her in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. I love that she like swings her IV at him. It's hilarious to me. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, I was told I was bad for the patient's health. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the staff are like, get out, get out. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, going forward, Tor and Rain are gonna form their little. Friendship. Curse-breaking task force. Yeah. <laughs> Curse-breaking defense force. Yes. Haru, Haru is... There's a point later where Haru's like, oh, you made a friend. I see. And Rin is like, shut up. Yeah. I forget exactly what he said, what happens, but... Yeah. Yeah, she makes a friend and they have the same goal and they... Yeah, they have their, like, little, <laughs> like, curse-breaking meetings. <laughs> okay. I do have a specific comment about the scene at the end of that chapter when Taurus is beside Rin. Okay. Um, visually, that is very similar to the end of the series mm. when Akito like has the kind of imagined memory of like Toru sitting beside That's her. That's true, yeah. Because it has that same kind of like dark background with the sort of like stars or points of light or whatever. Yeah. Toru also kneels, um, mm-hmm. and like it sits. Yeah, it's like on the same side. Yeah, just kneels quietly way. beside. Yeah, beside her in like the same kind of way. Mm-hmm. It's like visually very similar. And we've seen that kind of, like, Toru just kind of quietly sitting beside people. 
yeah. before, but like the exact visuals are very, very similar with this one. Mm-hmm. That's like true. I, I saw that I flipped, I read that page, and I was like, "Oh, that's very familiar." And then I went and looked up the last one. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's a good point. I don't know if it has any like significance except for you know Toru's Toruness. But... <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. it definitely seems like something that's like Toru's Toruness because she also does that to like Kisa and. She kind of did that to like Uo. She just came and sat by her when Uo mm-hmm. was re- uh, like when they were younger, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's one specifically I remember is her sitting beside Uo. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems like that, but I think it is. Um, there might be something more to say about it. Yeah, I think we've talked about like Rin and Akito having some parallels. So it's the long black hair, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, Akito. They want the same things. Toru and Akito and Rin and Yuki to kind of want the same thing, which is they all want to mm-hmm. belong to something. Like, yeah. Akito wants them to be, you know, to stay together, um, but just want, but the way that Akito goes about it is by, you know, manipulating them and isolating mm-hmm. them as opposed to Toru, like, kind of trying to have empathy and connect with them. Yeah. Right? Like, it's the same mm-hmm. goal. The approach is just different. <laughs> yeah. I think Rin and Akito were like specifically, like as children, their like parental figures have given them kind of the idea that on their own they're not worthy of love. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a strong parallel. Mm-hmm. Which is like you know Rin reacted by thinking like you're right, I'm worthless, mm-hmm. and Akito kind of was like, no, you're wrong, you gotta yeah. be wrong, I'm really important. Akito Everyone's was like, gotta love Fuck me, you. like <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was like, well, I must be which important. Just, I'm God. Yeah, I'm the center of the world. Which is just insecurity in different ways. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. I never thought about it that way. It's interesting how people, how characters that get introduced like halfway through the series are like so important. I find that to be very mm-hmm. interesting, as a yeah. kind of storytelling, as a ta- narrative tactic. Like Rin, mm-hmm. people like Rin coming in. Kakeru. We sort of talked about this before when I think Kakeru and. Machi were introduced and like it's just crazy that mm-hmm. that Takaya introduced these characters like partway through the series like you'd think that that's not really enough yeah. time to kind of like you know um mm-hmm. not like empathize with them but become like attached to them but yeah they're so relevant to the kind of later development of the characters yeah, yeah I think they work so well as like it kind of feels like almost like the characters we had like got as far as they could get emotionally with just each other mm-hmm. and then like we had to introduce these kind of new elements to help them continue mm-hmm. growing forward yeah like as a like i feel like like kind of yuki was has had kind of reached the peak of the emotional development he could get from his relationship with toru mm-hmm. yeah and to a certain extent kyo yeah and then kind of needed the independence okay. and new perspectives of the student council to be able to continue growing mm-hmm. and then like you know toru's had been you know Mostly helping other people, having glimpses of her own issues, mm-hmm. and now like kind of needs some some ways to reflect on her own issues now. Mm-hmm. So. so you have Rin, mm-hmm. and also I mean you have and like Kyo, more things like that. But like Rin also helps. Toru has this resolution to try to free Kyo. Mm-hmm. Like it, her, a lot of her motivation is around Kyo, and then Rin also kind yeah. of fits into that by also wanting to break the curse. Yeah, so. and I think like Toru like. Since her motivations were so focused on Kyo, she kind of needed another character to be able to step away from that and bounce off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like basically the only person who can kind of like 
Toru often gives other people the support, emotional support that they need. There isn't another character other mm-hmm. than Kyo who really does that. So if her issue, she has these issues around Kyo, or she like has this kind of anxious, mm-hmm. romantic relationship that's growing with him, then she needs somebody else to yeah work around that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with <laughs> that's a sentence, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, for sure. It makes sense. It's like she's got, you know, her friendship and close relationship with Kyo, but when she's having, you know, emotional issues regarding Kyo, she's got to have some Somebody other else. friends. <laughs> to... Yeah, and she has, you know, she has Uo and Hana, but they're not as involved in all this stuff. And so. she can't really talk to them about cursed stuff. Yeah. She can talk to the other Somas <laughs> Yeah, about that's what I mean. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did talk about the, like, future, all their anxiety about the future, like, generically, but mm-hmm. um, they can't be involved yeah. with these secrets. So. Yeah, like she can't exactly go to them and be like, I've got a lot of anxiety around Kyo because he's going to get locked up after high school. <laughs> and like, and... I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> what was that last part? By the way, they also turn into animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did we talk about Machi's issues? Oh, I guess we didn't talk about it in detail. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it was revealed this time that they're half siblings. She and Kakiru are half siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was interesting yeah, that. Kakiru was like, oh, she's not free of that yet. I guess because of her brother. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, maybe he doesn't know about her brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like he doesn't know that much about, like, the family situation anymore since he's not really part of it anymore since his right. mother decided to pull out of the succession race. So. Right. And Machi's not really emotionally open. <laughs> right. So she's probably not going to be like, hey, so this is what's been going on. Right. <laughs> By the way... Yeah, so, like, this chapter started to kind of hint at, like, oh, maybe this is why she's having some issues, but we don't really get the full detail of it yet, which is gonna become clear later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you could extrapolate, like, what the reveal is gonna be from this chapter. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that they talk about how they were raised very strictly and competitively, and yeah. then the fact that she wants to trash stuff. Yeah. It makes... It all fits together. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it kind of... Yeah. It's... It's... I mean, I could see why you wouldn't realize yeah. it but i mean i think it's like pretty obvious when now after after like the thing when they're walking back now is complaining and he's like oh they like what did he say exactly he's like oh they say that she's like a demon of destruction and blah 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 so mm-hmm. it's like when he says it like that it's like okay i know that i'm supposed to pay attention to like this factor of hers you know this yeah. part of her personality mm-hmm. it's also kind of interesting that um like, Kakiru, like, was able to get free by kind of doing the same thing, but yeah. just once. <laughs> just once, yeah. So, well, yeah, because it's like, he, like, like went wild and threw a tantrum and destroyed stuff, and that, like, got his mom to go, like, okay, this is stupid, and drop out of it, but Machi kind of does it privately, I guess, because mm-hmm. <laughs> she still feels like she has to, like, live up to these expectations. Yeah, and that they don't trust her and whatever. Yeah. It's like, you should have destroyed stuff earlier. It worked for Kakiru. Yeah. But she, I guess she's never done that with her parents. Like, she does it in yeah. other places. Yeah, that's what I meant when yeah. I said, like, she kind of does it privately rather than... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, we don't learn about the whole issue with her baby brother until... Much later. Much later. <laughs> yeah. Just depressing. It is. The whole thing is depressing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of explains a lot about uh, Kakiru's issues, too, when we, like, alert later on, like, his, like, lack of empathy and stuff. And it's like, if you were raised like that... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he just doesn't understand other people. He was raised to be super competitive and whatever, and they, I guess to be perfect. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly in what way they were raised to be in a certain way to become better heirs. Like, I don't know exactly what that means, mm-hmm. unless they were... Yeah, or I, can't I feel imagine like they were just trying means. to... Yeah, I feel like they were just trying to be, like, 
It's like, oh, look, my child is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> they do everything right. They never make any mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, they're perfect Clearly. for the error. <laughs> look at my beautiful son. It's like, no, they're a, daughter. they're a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I mm-hmm. mean, it's not very clear. I don't think it'll ever be clear exactly the way that they were raised. But you're right. It could be that, that, that Kakiru is kind of like issues of not being able to empathize with other people come from that and it's clear i mean we mm-hmm. see later it's there's a clear line drawn for us that machi's behavior stems from that being rejected yeah. by her parents and you know wanting to be perfect all the time or needing to tell her parents mm-hmm. telling her she need to be perfect all the time so mm-hmm. so yes that will all come to the fore soon and by soon i mean much later yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i say that but it's like we're in chapter 60 something out of 100 something 120 something so mm-hmm. not too far off after 80 something that's right sorry we're on almost almost yeah in the 80s so we're yeah, three we're quarters like, of the way there almost mm-hmm. Got like 40-ish chapters left yep. wow yeah i think that's all i've got <laughs> okay. oh no it's not okay um, good yeah i wrote down uh toru as a mother figure oh yeah right <laughs> yeah <laughs> right right i was like oh we'll talk about that next time i almost made a note about it this time yeah um yes yeah it does the reveal the reveal's not very far away but we, this is a, a very blatant uh, did we talk about it last time i don't remember but don't, we definitely should have i don't, I don't think so because i was like no. oh she's obviously like rin recognizes her as sort of yeah i think we talked about like how rin seeing like some have like paralleling people with her mother but i don't know if we talked about Toru specifically yeah i know we talked about akito being paralleled with her mother oh right the point both of them yeah I yeah. definitely remember talking, calling it out a hundred percent for sure. But I don't mm-hmm. know if we even talked about it in spoilers. So if we didn't, sorry. But yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, definitely. That's yeah. kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's blatantly obvious in this chapter that like Rin seeing her as a mother figure to some degree. Um, but we also get that like parallel with Yuki, mm-hmm. which is um, it, yeah. I think we I think we get the reveal next episode. It's next time, yeah. Next two chapters but, from now. Uh, Yes, yeah, so, because this is a pretty blatant one. So, but yeah, when he said Rin and I were looking for the same thing, I was like, "Oh, he's, this is going to be the one where he reveals that he was looking for a mother." And then I was like, "Oh, wait, actually, mm-hmm. it's two more chapters from this, the end of this one." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's also something that I couldn't say before. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, of course. And it's so it is blatantly obvious with Rin, especially at the beginning of this, the chapters that we read this time, where she mm-hmm. last time she was like envisioning Toru as like a mother her mother when she came home expecting that Toru was going to get angry at her I yeah. think mostly but this time we saw her mm-hmm. in more of a caregiving kind of role yeah almost like she wants and the fact like, that Rin wants that to yeah. be the reality you know mm-hmm. yeah and the fact that like when she first when Rin first saw Toru and like said she wanted to like run and cry to her like a, how she was like doing something very domestic and motherly like folding she laundry. Was folding laundry and she also said like like a girl who runs crying home to her mother or something in her yeah. dialogue yeah yeah you write once again this episode you write <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's the only other thing i had <laughs> that's important it was good yeah i was just like wait <laughs> it's kind of interesting that there's a little like kind of another um uh what's it called like a we got a little a scene with yuki's mom that mm-hmm. one time was kind of a contrast between the things that kind of like toru did in this chapters and the way that she acts um, I guess you could maybe extrapolate it that from what happened in these chapters. Yeah, you know, 
it'll become clearer next time when Yuki actually says that, mm-hmm. admits that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, you know, between the last couple chapters and these couple chapters, there's a lot of talk of issues with mothers and mm-hmm. desires for, you know, good mother figures and stuff. So Yeah, and also, like, what Toru is to Yuki. Like, um, mm-hmm. Kakeru, at the school trip, Kakeru was like, what do you like her or what and Yuki's like why do you care you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so like that kind of that's been going on for a couple of chapters as well recently so we're building up to this reveal Mm -hmm. next time yeah it kind of it's kind of started in the beach arc and it's now yeah continuing to some degree the entire time yeah and also I think recently he hasn't been you know like we've seen I think times in the past where Yuki's done like things that are more kind of like romantic or they could be interpreted as being romantic um, mm-hmm. You know, like being flirty, like trying to conf- like flirt with her and stuff. Um, yeah, we haven't seen that so much anymore. Not since the beach arc. Yeah, yeah. Like I guess to some degree, it's been starting since the true form arc, but it's been really into high gear since the beach arc. Yeah. I think the beach. beach. This is why we did a whole. S- All is whole... revealed at the beach. Yeah. So we did a whole special <laughs> after the beach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a major turning point. Mm-hmm. Man, that new anime is going to be so good. Think of all the things we're going to yeah. talk about. <laughs> Exciting. So many, so much violence. I mean. Yeah. It's going to be like all new stuff. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I think we talked about everything. I think so. I mean, there's just like Sugar Ray and the cur- like Sugar Ray being sassy about the curse breaking, I guess, still. Yeah. I don't have anything particular to say about that. I mean, he kind of, he yeah, goes and so. talks to Rin about it later himself. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And the whole idea is that he's saying the curse is breaking on its own, which is what he implies in this chapter and says blatantly a little bit later it's a good time can't wait okay good let's wrap up next time okay (laughs) next time (laughs) we're talking about 82 and 83 it's gonna be it's gonna be a time there's yep i think it's gonna be oh yeah it's gonna be sad right mostly sad but there'll be some student council thrown in there so i think it'll be okay yeah more resolution it's average levels of sad rather than (laughs) You know, high octane sad, like we always read. Yeah. <laughs> sad, sad, sad. More sadness than you could think of. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> oh, I guess we're Wednesday, 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 Wednesday. <laughs> All right, good. On that note, great. I made ended with another bad joke, so... <laughs> how we do yeah i hope you all appreciated it (laughs) we'll see you next time (laughs) bye 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 (laughs) it's like or not (laughs) first tokyo pop printing august 2006 wow i had to look it up so So i can make a joke about texting to you (laughs) yeah i don't think i had a phone in 2006 uh oh in 2006 i did that was when i had one of those lg chocolate phones so exciting (laughs) And it definitely could SMS, but my parents didn't have an SMS plan. And they refused mm-hmm. to get one for some reason. I never understood yeah. that. I really just couldn't wrap my head around texting with the number pad. Yeah, fucking So I didn't really annoying. start text. Yeah, I couldn't. I didn't really start texting until I had the BlackBerry with the keyboard. Yeah. So I could actually type letters. Like, I remember trying to text someone to tell them that I don't do texting. <laughs> because they texted me, and so I wanted yes. to, like, reply and be like, you're going to have to call me because I can't text back. And I got, like, two letters in, and I was like, fuck, fuck this. this. <laughs> Agree. So I just called them. Hello, it's Ellen. You probably just listened to us talk for, you know, an hour and a half about Faruba. If you want to send us a question, you can find us on Twitter at Stay Together Pod, on Tumblr at staytogetherpodcast.tumblr.com, 
or you can send us an old-fashioned email at staytogetherpodcast at gmail.com. Kayla and I want to keep creating podcasts and keep them ad-free, so if you like what you're listening to, please consider giving to our Ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash staytogethernetwork. Thank you always for listening and for all your support. We'll see you next time.